Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cool is the nothing personal word of the day. It is the final day of January, the first month of the 23rd year of 2000. I was going to say the 23rd year of the century, but I think century start in 01. So I guess it's the 22nd year of the century. Although if you count 01, maybe it is the 23rd year. I don't feel like counting, so I'm not going to. You know what? Screw it. Ready? Four, six, nine. Cool. Nothing personal word of the day. It is... Tuesday, January 31st, 2023, final day of January. The word is cool. Yesterday, MLB announced the cover man for MLB The Show, which is a video game. It's a whole big release. Not as cool as the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit cover model release. Who's going to be on the cover? That was cool. Not as cool as when you find out who your opponents are going to be in the NFL. That's sort of cool who you're playing. And then you get the dates. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool to see who's going to be the next, what's going to be the next TikTok on somebody's account or Ariana Grande's post on Instagram. That's cool. But MLB is trying to traffic in cool. So they make a big announcement. Who could it be? I had a few thoughts, a lot of thoughts. I had no idea it would be Jazz Chisholm. Who? That's part of the problem. You haven't heard of him? He plays for the Marlins. Let me tell you how he got to the Marlins very quickly. He got there in a trade with the Arizona Diamondbacks for Zach Gallen, who is now a number one or number two starter. Zach Gallen got to the Marlins because the Marlins traded Marcelo Zuna after Derek Jeter bought the Marlins and had to trade everybody who we couldn't win 81 games with. Ozuna goes to the Cardinals. Sandy Alcantara comes to the Marlins, wins a Cy Young. Zach Gallen comes to the Marlins. And then Mike Hill trades him and gets back Jazz Chisholm. One for one, a real baseball trade. Trading pitching for offense. You only do it when you have a lot of pitching. And the Marlins had pitching, no offense. In comes Jazz. Young player. He's jazzy. He is a living onomatopoeia. He is exactly what he sounds like. He wears the flash. I used to be such a curmudgeon when I was running a team. I wouldn't want players to be flashy. I wasn't interested in players being cool. I was interested in players winning. Players staying healthy. 
Now I'm sitting in this chair and I can tell you having a cool player. Hell yeah. Good marketing. So MLB goes through a decision. Now you're all going to say, and I'm okay with that. You're going to say MLB had nothing to do with this. This is some sort of PlayStation PS3 game. There's no way there's even a conversation with MLB or the players union. Let me tell you a thing or two about how this works. You think that MLB was waiting for the unveil? They're wondering who is it going to be? You think the Marlins didn't know who it was going to be? Of course they did. When we were on the cover of Sports Illustrated, I don't mean after winning the World Series, which we were, but before we opened the ballpark, we had Ozzie Guillen and Jose Reyes on the cover of the Sports Illustrated. We once had Dontrell Willis on the cover of Sports Illustrated about climate change. You got to milk that. You're using that as a great marketing tool, hoping that you can sell tickets. But why would MLB want jazz on the cover? Because MLB is desperate to try to promote an English-speaking black cool person. It is a great way for them to say to their fans and their sponsors, their constituency, look at us. You say we have an aging demographic? No, we don't. Our coolest guy is in his early 20s. You say that we only care about the big market teams? We've got a team in the coolest city in the country, Miami. And we're going to make it cool again. Here's the problem when you put your money behind cool. You can put your money behind Fernando Tatis and he does steroids. He's out. No longer face of the game. On to the next. Put your money on Shohei Otani. He's cool. Doesn't speak English. At least doesn't speak it publicly. Is that an issue? Yes. Should it be an issue? Yeah. If you are trying to do cool in the U.S., it's important that the athlete or the spokesperson speaks English. That may not be what you want to hear. It should be, we should be inclusive. If you want to speak only Japanese or only Spanish, no problem. But when you have marketing dollars that you are spending as a company, you want a pitch person who's able to communicate. Why, when Miguel Cabrera does commercials, he's doing commercials with maybe a line of talk. Mostly it's pictures of him swinging a bat. It's important. You can do campaigns around jazz. He's also Bahamian. So you get the international flavor. He's a perfect candidate for what baseball wishes could be true. So now they're going to will it into existence, which is my favorite thing that companies do. It's the equivalent of faking it until you're making it or fake it till you make it. It's a very effective strategy. You can say your team is good. You can say your business is doing well. You can say your marriage is fine. You can say that you're good looking. You can say all sorts of things and you can try to make it happen. You can pretend it's happening or you can just die with the lie. That's when faking it till you make it, you never make it. Then if you keep faking it, you just die with the lie. It's like the trajectory of BS. <laughs> That's funny. The trajectory of bullshit. So jazz is on the cover. They release it. There's press releases. There's media. Jazz is doing interviews. Did you know that Jazz is not all that popular in the Marlins clubhouse. 
And I really don't care about that. We had a lot of players who weren't popular in the clubhouse. Leads to fights, it leads to arguments, it leads to discomfort. It doesn't bleed on the field. Winning creates chemistry. Friends don't create winning. So the fact that there's issues in the clubhouse are not all that relevant to me. But from Jazz's standpoint, in order for him to stay relevant, he's got to stay healthy and perform. It doesn't matter that the Marlins only draw 10,000 fans a game. It doesn't matter that Jazz on the cover and being really cool is not going to sell a season ticket. It's one of the great misnomers in sports business that having a player sells tickets. When a player does something spectacular, no one was buying season tickets because of Aaron Judge. When Aaron Judge was going for 62 home runs, there are more tickets being sold at the end of that. When Pujols is signed by the Angels, they're going to say we had an uptick in season tickets by 2,000. That adds up to bupkis. It's barely meal money. But when he's going for 700 home runs, you get a bump. Dontrell Willis in 03, a bump. Jose Fernandez, when he pitched, once in a while, a bump. But nothing measurable. But we'd always say, hey, it's great for the game. We create sections for these players. You create different handshakes and different ways that you want to try to market your players. The problem is in baseball, unlike basketball, is the players tend, as Coca so perfectly pointed out pregame, these players just disappear. Have you heard from Aaron Judge this offseason since he signed with the Yankees? Not that much. By the way, did you, side note, Coca, totally sorry, put it in the rundown. Did you see that MLB gave away its Cy Young Awards and its MVP Awards? It doesn't get a whole lot of attention. It's not like it's hosted by the Manning Brothers or Kevin Hart. It's, it's a dinner with the Baseball Writers Association, and they give out the awards for all of the all the awards that were announced sometime in November. And there's a picture online of Justin Verlander and Sandy Alcantara holding their Cy Young Award. And guess what? There's a spelling mistake in the award. It says most valuable pitcher, and it's spelled valuable wrong. There's a story behind it. They had a supply chain issue at Major League Baseball. And so the normal person who makes the Cy Young Awards couldn't get the awards to them. So they had these awards made very quickly and just didn't notice the spelling mistake. But the players were told, you'll get the real award and there'll be no spelling mistake. But there's pictures everywhere of Justin Verlander and Sandy Alcantara holding their Cy Young Awards and the spelling's wrong. I would have given an IOU like Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber when they bought the Lamborghini and took the money from the chest. That's a big one. You may not want to lose that. I give him an IOU for a Cy Young Award versus doing something with a spelling mistake. That's for sure. All right. That was a side note. So we're getting back to that was Aaron Judge saying they disappear. The coolness disappears. So the question is, how are we going to parlay this as an industry? If you're baseball in order to try to gain ground on the cool kids. And what is the biggest factor in being cool? I'm waiting speaking to the studio audience of a laundry bag of shirts that are wrinkled and a blanket and a hanger and a few signed bats. Anybody? What was the question again? They need to do stuff. How come Kyle Kuzma has more Instagram followers than Bryce Harper and Aaron Judge combined? What's the reason for that, would you say? 
Any thought? Kyle Kuzma, do you know who he is? He's a fringe NBA player. The NBA just passed 75 million Instagram uh, followers, which is more than the other leagues combined because the players do stuff. So Jazz, if you want to be cool and stay cool, start doing more. And if you're baseball and you want to be cool and get to the kids' table, guess what? You can't try too hard. Is there anything less cool than not cool people trying to be cool? Is there anything more awkward than someone who's not cool thinking they're cool and pretending they're cool? Isn't that how you become vanilla ice? Jazz Chisholm is cool because of who he is, what he does, the actions that surround him. But to stay cool once you are cool means you have to do cool things. You can't be cool when you're not cool, but you can't stay cool when you are cool unless you act cool. Jazz is just that guy. But unfortunately, in sports and in baseball especially, in order to be cool, stay cool, remain cool, not only do you have to act cool, but you have to play cool. We'll see what happens. Speaking of cool, I'm not cool. Remember Philip Seymour Hoffman in Almost Famous? We're not cool. The only true currency is hanging out with people who aren't cool. That may not be the exact line, but it's damn close. Almost Famous close on Broadway before I could see it. That bummed me out. Cameron, bro, any chance you can reopen it like for a day? And I swear to God, I'll come see it. Supposed to be such crap. Can't beat the movie. Speaking of cool, one of the players who's cool is a guy named Ronald Acuna. Why isn't Ronald Acuna getting as much popularity, as much play as Jazz Chisholm, as an example? Is it because he speaks no English? Is it because he's from Venezuela? Is it because that he was hurt? Is it because that he pimps home runs, flips bats? It's pretty cool. Let the kids play. That's MLB's version of trying to be cool. He was in the news yesterday because there's something in baseball called winter ball. Winter ball is what players do off season who are fringe players who are trying to get reps, get at bats because they're bench players or minor league players in major league baseball. And they want to go into spring training without a break having not rested at all, thinking that that will give them a better chance to make a team, sign a contract, have a good spring, and be on a team come March 30th. Winter ball is something that I hate. And the reason I hate it is very simple. I don't want any of my players playing winter ball because I can't see them. I can't understand their use. I worry about injury. And winter ball is something that is taken very seriously in the Dominican, very seriously in Venezuela. And the number of Dominican players I had come to me and said, please, can you make it so I cannot play winter ball? Because there's a rule in place that you can stop your player from playing winter ball if they're coming off an injury, if they only played a certain number of games in the previous season. You have the ability to say, no, there are certain players where you don't have that ability and you counsel them to not play. 
But the pressure that comes from these countries for their players to play for their countries in winter ball, and I'm not talking World Baseball Classic. I'm talking a winter ball league where you go play for a team and they play each other and then there's a championship, et cetera. And the best major league players, imagine this in Major League Baseball, the best major league players can just show up for a team, decide where they're going to play, and just play like a game. The equivalent would be if the Nets are playing the Lakers in the NBA Finals and Luka has been eliminated. And Luka says on a random Tuesday, game three, you know what? I feel like playing for the Lakers today. <laughs> That would be a rule change, wouldn't it? Every World Series team can choose one player from another team, add them to the team. We'll worry about payment and insurance later. And that player gets to do it. Wait, why is that a bad idea? I guess that'd be an all-star team. But you only have one player. Would you choose a pitcher? Hell yes, I would. I would choose a lockdown starter, even though they would not have pitched for a month through October because you can only do it for the World Series. Where's Jason Stark? Let's talk about a rule where you can just bring a player on because that's winter ball. Acuna shows up, plays one game, and says, we're good. Played in the championship round, and then he stopped. He claims that he was being mocked by fans and that his family didn't feel safe. It's Venezuela. Of course, his family didn't feel safe. We wouldn't let our scouts go to Venezuela. It's not safe. We didn't want our Venezuelan players going back to Venezuela during the offseason. Can't stop them, but we didn't want them going back. All you do is worry when you run a team. Tired of that. Now I only worry about Coca. I used to worry about everybody. So Cunha comes back, plays a game, and then leaves again. And then he starts talking about the World Baseball Classic. The World Baseball Classic was a tournament that's starting just in a couple of weeks that was invented by Major League Baseball in order to fill the gap when baseball got eliminated as an Olympic sport. Yes, baseball got eliminated as an Olympic sport. It's back, but it got eliminated for a period of time. And we spent countless hours in meetings trying to figure out what to do. And people came up with this tournament. Let's do a preseason tournament where we get all the countries together. All the best players will play and it will be just like the World Cup. It'll be super popular. We're going to be able to generate X millions of dollars in broadcast revenue. Everything's going to be great until the owners raised their hand and said, excuse me, uh, Mr. Commissioner Bud Selig, I don't want my player playing in the World Baseball Classic. Why not? Because he's going to get hurt. Because pitchers aren't ready to go in March. We'll get him to spring training early. They'll be fine. Nope. Don't want to do it. There's something called the MLB International Committee where the owners are in charge of making money from MLB International. Getting TV rights from around the world. Getting the games played internationally like the London games and the Mexico City games, etc. And... The way you're on that committee is when you are pro international expansion of your game. And there'd be people on the international committee. Yes, I'm talking to you, Jerry, who would raise their hand and say, I don't want my player playing in the World Baseball Classic. And we'd say, hey, you're on the damn committee. Every player 
from every team represented on the committee, you must make them available. But we changed the rules where we can have exclusions and we made rules of where we can say no, where we can say yes. It's very hard to grow the game when you don't have the cooperation of the owners and the players. There are many players who don't have an interest in the international side of the game, but there are a lot of international players who have great interest because it's their hometown or they understand what it means to be cool. But Ronald Acuna said something about the World Baseball Classic, and he said something about winter ball that is absolutely true, but we don't like it when players say it. He said that it's really going to be up to my team and what they allow me to do. If they want me to play in the World Baseball Classic or not, I'm going to have to speak to my team. True statement, but shh. The owners of the Braves, well, Liberty Media is the owner of the Braves. They really don't care. But Terry McGurk, president of the Braves, he doesn't want to get in trouble with Rob Manfred. They're they're thick as thieves. They're not going to get in trouble in that case. But they don't want to be responsible for players not playing. They don't want to be the ones who are publicly flogged for not letting players play. My view is we always had to be the shield for players, and I was totally fine with being the meat shield. When there were players who didn't want to play winter ball, we would say we won't let that player play winter ball. When there are players who didn't want to play the World Baseball Classic or in the All-Star game, we would be in favor of being helpful to those players. I disagreed with it. I wanted my players playing the World the um, World Baseball Classic, and I wanted them playing the All-Star game. I didn't want them playing winter ball. The reason I was okay with World Baseball Classic is we control, Major League Baseball controls all the World Baseball Classic teams, including Cuba. Little known fact there. We control the usage of every single player on every single team who is a member of our organization. So if we have pitchers playing for DR, for Venezuela, for the Netherlands, I don't care who, we had a guy named Rick Vandenher playing for the Netherlands, we know exactly because we're telling the manager of Netherlands and the pitching coach how many innings we're going to allow our pitcher to pitch and how many pitches we're going to allow. I don't care if it's the finals. I don't care if it's a winner and you're in or losing your outcome. None of that matters. I will tell you what we're going to do. But when players say to us, hey, we would prefer to pass, we're happy to stand up and do it. But in a sport like baseball, where you're trying to traffic in cool, you're trying to promote players who speak English, but you're also trying to promote players who don't in the countries where they are trying to get them to be popular. You need them playing on these stages. So the constant push and pull that exists is a major, major problem for Major League Baseball, and it's not going away anytime soon. I'm going to give you a way to see here, Coca, on this. With Ronald Acuna and the whole winter ball saga. I believe that the Braves are not going to let him play in the World Baseball Classic. He has not been announced as playing. He has not been announced as not playing. I'm going to do an official way to see is when I tell you something's going to happen. If it happens, we revisit it. If it doesn't happen, we revisit it. We keep track of the entire thing. Wait to see Acuna will not play in the WBC. Hey, Coco, we had someone again ask about our top 100. Uh, movie list because we review a movie, which we'll do after this break. But is there a way that we do make that public? Is that on a website or something? Or do we have to work on that? Anyway, you'll tell me because you've only told me a thousand times and I keep forgetting.
We come back, we're going to review a new movie on Amazon. And if I see one more commercial for this movie, I'm calling Mark Anthony. And then we're going to celebrate, and I mean celebrate, the fact that I have to make another correction. We'll be right back. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Hi, David Sampson, Matthew Koch, coming to you every day. We're live Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and we're sort of live Tuesdays and Thursdays, meaning we're not editing it. You're just getting me as I am. Thank you. Do all the stuff you're supposed to do. Hit the subscribe button. Tell your friends about it. Spread the word because it's working. It is. We're about to finish a great month of January of 2023. And uh, guess what? We'll be here tomorrow for February. I'm not a birthday guy. My birthday is in February. Some people celebrate their birthday for an entire month. I don't do that. I don't even like celebrating. I don't like anything that reminds me of the passage of time. I don't even like looking at old photographs. God, was that me? Did I used to look that young? And now look at me. I'm in the seventh inning, man. Shotgun wedding. What does shotgun wedding mean to you? I thought, so this is, remember, no reviews, no nothing. I got a bunch of things in my Twitter feed, which now is full of commercials and promoted tweets and all sorts of stuff. I can't figure out how to get to the people who I want to see their tweets. I don't get to see them. Weird. But if you follow me at David P. Sampson, you'll find the tweets that make Coca crazy. They'll be there. So a shotgun wedding, I always assumed, and I've used it before, it's a wedding that you do when the bride is pregnant. And then you have to quickly marry the person because that the traditional family values, I guess. And then that's a shotgun wedding. Or when you shotgun a beer, which I don't drink beer, I've never shotgunned a beer, but I've watched people shotgun a beer. It's where you put a can opener on the side of a beer, you click it open, and then you go full Will Ferrell. I've always wanted to try the, I've never, as it stands, had any drinks through a tube, like, or been held upside down over a keg. My God, I haven't done anything. I got to go back to school. Rodney Dangerfield, baby. Anyway, there's a new movie called Shotgun Wedding, and it turns out it's about shotguns, actual guns. Jennifer Lopez Lopez, and Fergie's ex-husband, Josh, from Win a Date with Tad Hamilton. He played Tad Hamilton. Josh Duhamel? Duhamel? Good actor. I actually like his movies. You know my relationship with Jennifer Lopez? She's terrific. This movie... Not terrific. It's a romantic comedy. 
about two people who go to an island in the Philippines to get married and all of a sudden pirates come and they're trying to kill everyone and they're holding people hostage. The highlight of the movie for me is that Cheech is in it, as in Cheech and Chong. Also, Tanya from White Lotus, Stifler's mom, Jennifer Coolidge. They just collected. Now, obviously, they play parents of the bride and groom. Well, one is the mother of somebody and the father of someone else. Whatever. They're in love. They're going to get married. Then it's not the wedding of their dreams. Then they break up the wedding. And then all of a sudden, there's pirates, there's guns, there's heroes. There's evolution from meek to strong. How do you think it ends? If you just had a guess, all romantic comedies end the way you want them to end. They have happy endings. Not like Robert Kraft type of happy endings, just things that make you smile. Fine. I didn't smile. I want to smile. When I see something with Jennifer Lopez, by definition, I want to smile because it wants. I want to feel good about reviewing something because maybe she'd forgive me and like me again. I can't do it, J-Lo. Shotgun wedding, B-A-Triple-D. I got to watch a good movie. You know what I'm going to watch today, Coca? I'm going to watch Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I got to start watching some, uh, um, what are they called? Animated movies. I have to watch Puss in Boots because that's nominated too for an Oscar. I need a good movie to review. All right, Coca, what's next? You know what I want? So you want to talk to Samson? Thank you to one of the listeners out there who told me that Half Baked is now available for free on Amazon Prime. Hell yeah. I don't think I realized that. I think I've always done the $3.99 or the $1.99 or $2.99 to watch it. It's a movie. There's a character named Samson. If you want to talk to me, get inside of my Twitter. Ask a question. Here it goes. Should I have been off camera for that, Coca? <laughs> if you're not watching on Nothing Personal with David Samson YouTube channel, you're missing a struggle man today. I'm on the struggle bus. I got woken up at 2.45 by waking up. I'm not going to tell you why I got woken up, but it was not a great reason. There are great reasons to be woken up. Not many in the middle of the night. Could not go back to bed. Nose is running. I'm coughing like crazy. And I realized that I can mute it like this. So that muted it, but I can't cover the camera. Wait, let me try that. Hold on, ready? Did you see that? <laughs> Hope all's well, David. Not that great at the moment. The Blue Jays have recently announced changes to their home run fence, and I'm wondering how approval works for this process. How much can teams favor their player strengths? Do they have to give reasonable explanation for their dimension changes? Love your show, maybe not today's, and thanks for what you do. You're welcome. Let me start with the easy one. We don't need to give a reasonable explanation to anybody other than the commissioner and the union. Other than that, we're good. Here's how this happens. Players complain. Players want to be on highlight shows and recap shows. They want to be able to have low walls so they can climb over the wall and make catches. Players want to be able to hit home runs because they get paid for home runs. They don't want their balls dying on the warning track. They don't want to be subject to the whims of whether it's a juice ball or a dead ball, a heavy ball or a light ball. They want to go yard because chicks dig the long ball. 
you see that there was an entire generation of stadia built with the theory that pitching and defense wins rinks. I may be old. I may not be the sharpest tool in the shed, but pitching and defense still win rinks. So you build a ballpark where you want it to be a pitcher's ballpark. You don't want a band box because if you're in Citizens Bank, let's say, where you're down seven runs, no problem, we can come back. That means if you're up seven runs, no problem, they can come back. And that's not old school baseball. That's baseball. That's winning baseball. I can get you to October with a great offense, but to get through it, you're going to need more pitching. Philadelphia figured it out. They got through October. They got to the World Series. Why? Yeah, they could rake. But what about their top two pitchers, Wheeler and Nola? What about their lockdown bullpen? That is how you get and are successful in October. So first you get complaints from players. Then you get complaints from your owner who has total recency bias and amnesia. Here's what I mean by that. Do you know that when an owner's watching a game and there's a runner on third base with under two outs and a fly ball would score that runner, it's called the sacrifice fly. When we're on defense and there's a runner on third base for the other team and they score, the owner says, that is a bunch of crap. I can't believe our pitcher gave up that sacrifice fly. We needed the strikeout. This is poppycock. Then when we're the hitting team and we have a runner on third and under two outs and we don't score because the other pitcher is successful in doing getting a ground ball or a strikeout, then it's we never score. Total recency bias. You blow one save or the worst bullpen in baseball. It's what all owners do. It's why a winning opening day is so important, right? Because for one day, you can say you're going to go 162-0. and so when owners see balls dying in the warning track, when owners hear the complaints of players, they go up to the team president, they go up to the GM, they go up to the stadium operations people and say, hey, what are we going to do about this? You are seeing more movement in stadium walls in different stadiums. What is it? Comerica's moved their walls three times. Marlins Park already moved them a couple times. How's that going? Are the Marlins scoring more runs because they keep moving the walls in? They keep lowering the walls? Is it working? No, why not? They don't have the right personnel. It pisses off pitchers, and it doesn't make your team better. What do you think? Toronto looked at Guerrero and Bichette and Biggio, and they said, hey, I got an idea. Let's move them walls in. We're going to get them to rake. What about Pete Alonso, who said last year, MLB is trying to make sure that good offensive players play with dead balls so they, they don't get good offensive statistics. That is the opposite of what's happening. We are fine with players getting good offensive statistics, please. That's why we're moving in the fences, wanting you to get better offensive statistics. However, what the Blue Jays are doing is bizarre to me because the game with the changes that are going to happen with the pitch clock, number of throws over to first base is going to help the running game. There's a limited number of pickoffs. We're going to go through all this later in March before the season starts or maybe before spring training games start. There's going to be a bigger premium on contact, a bigger premium on gap hitters. There's going to be a renaissance for singles, doubles, and triples. That is the hope for Dr. Theo and his fixing of the game. And if that's the case, I would think Toronto would want to keep the fences back 
because when the fences are back, you have a better chance to get it over the outfielder's head. You have a better chance to fill the gap and shoot the gap and keep runners going around. That's the type of team that you may want to build. But alas, the Blue Jays decided that they were going to move in their home run fence. Their pitching staff can't be happy. Their position players are pretending to be happy. But at the end of the day, it'll get measured by how the team does in the American League East. When the union and the commissioner's office come to your ballpark and look and approve the new dimensions because you have to tape them out. You have to go out onto the field. They walk on the field during the offseason. You've got like the yellow tape of a crime scene showing where the fences will be. You've got all these computer programs which show all of the home runs that were hit in the ballpark by both teams, where the doubles were, where the triples were, how many more home runs you'll get, how many fewer home runs you'll get, et cetera, et cetera. You go through the whole thing. They look at it, their eyes cross, and they say, we're going to South Beach. And then they approve it. Do you think the Nets would cover the spread last night? Were you worried watching that game without LeBron, without AD? Did you think it Nets minus nine without Durant? Were you worried? I called Coca during the game and I said, the Lakers are beating the Nets. Kyrie Irving's crushing me. The Nets are killing me. I got to get a win. And he said, it's the NBA. Just hang in there. The Nets won by 17. 121 to 104. That's a cover. We're 15 and 17. We're going hockey for our pick of the day today. I have a little rule about back-to-back games in both basketball and uh, hockey. I like to bet the split. It's sort of like a double header where it's an 80% chance that you're going to get a split, 10% chance that you'll sweep, and a 10% chance that you'll get swept. When teams play back-to-back, I just view it as less than likely that there'll be a sweep. Although the Montreal Canadiens absolutely stink. And the Ottawa Senators, who have always stunk, who are in the middle of this crazy ownership dilemma because their owner croaked a guy named Eugene Melnick. We did, I think we did a segment on the insanity that is the Ottawa Senators hockey team. In any case, the Canadians, the erstwhile greatest franchise in National Hockey League, they've been stinky for a while. They've lost four to five. Senators have won three in a row. The Senators just played the Canadians and crushed them 5 nothing three days ago. They're playing again, so that's back-to-back. Therefore, I'm taking the lovable losers. We're taking the Canadians. I don't even know what the plus money is, Coca, but it's plus money because, believe me, they're not favorite. 469.92. But believe me, they are not favorites. It's plus 162. Giddy up. Canadians over Senators. Just watch hockey. All right, let's talk about corrections. Uh, We do corrections because I make mistakes, plenty of mistakes. And there are scores of you, and I mean scores, not five, not 10, a score is 20. Scores, four score, and seven years ago, that's 87 years, 20 years to a score. Four times 20 is 80, plus seven is 87. There are scores of you who tell me about all my corrections. All the mistakes I make during a show, I'm human. No prompter, look, no net, nothing, just me. I spent an entire segment yesterday not saying dick. And is it because I'm so used to when the red light goes on, you hear this little birdie in your head. Hey, man, don't say dick. Can't do it. It's going to be explicit. Make less money, fewer viewers, fewer downloads, which is horse hockey, by the way. 
But what if it's the name? Do I have to say Richard or can't I say Dick? The owner of the Rockies is Dick. I kept calling him Charlie. Dick and Charlie are brothers. It used to be the Colorado Rockies were run by Dick Monfort and Charlie Monfort. And then Charlie Monfort exited stage left as though he were in a Shakespeare play taking direction in Romeo and Juliet right before the poison scene. Off stage. There he goes. Now Dick's in charge. <laughs> I, I, I never really understood that as a kid. I have an uncle. His name is Richard. He calls himself Max. He's Richard Max, so he's Uncle Max. Why would you want to be called Dick? As a kid, I just never, I, I literally never understood that. And we know, we've talked about it on the show, you've got Dick Pound, you have Dick Tracy, you have Dick and Jane, you have Dick Monfort. He's the owner of the Rockies. He's the one who yesterday said, we believe this team can play 500 ball. And I went on what I would consider to be a relatively humorous and well-received segment rant about the idiocy of that. And I had the wrong guy the whole time. So I'm making the correction. And on top of that, I forgot to mention the other thing that he did, Dick, during this speech in Colorado, he committed one of the great no-nos in the ownership manual. Now there's a bunch of no-nos and it's not don't go to strip malls. That's not the number one no-no. Don't gamble on your team. That's a no-no, but not the number one no-no. Keep your family together. No, that's not the number one no-no. The number one no-no is do not publicly disparage your fellow owners. That's a funny number one no-no, right? Because don't cheat, don't steal, don't lie, don't gamble, all the bad things, don't Whatever it is that you're not supposed to do, don't do drugs. That's a bad one. Not number one. Don't disparage your fellow owners. He's given a speech. And by the way, I am going to stand up and tell you, I'm going to stand up and say this. Is that okay, Coco? Right into the microphone. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to be off camera. I'm guilty of doing this. Okay, I'm going to sit down again. Remember when I did the whole each row contract thing? I said, it's the end of baseball as we know it. What the hell are the Mariners doing? And then Bill Bavese said something. If you, my mother taught me, if you have nothing nice to say, then don't say anything at all. <laughs> That's a funny one. Jackass. Love you, Ichi. <sighs> so I've done it. Dick Monfort said, what the Padres are doing, I don't 100% agree with. Though I know that our fans probably agree with it. We'll see how it works out. I look at the Padres, they have a really talented team, but they have some holes too. They've got three. <laughs> Can we stop, Coca? I'm sneezing. I'm sniffling. I'm falling apart and it's only Tuesday. Dick Monfort spent a few minutes talking about the Padres, talking about how crazy their payroll is, mentioning names of players not on his team, Talking about Joe Musgrove, Blake Snell, you Darvish. They spent a lot of money and they'll have to spend a lot more if they want to keep Juan Soto. You're not allowed to talk about other owners and what they're doing. You are most definitely not allowed to talk about players who aren't your own. <laughs> 
Dick Montfort is going to get in trouble for that. He may even get a fine, but it's more likely just a letter and we'll never hear about it. They're not going to make it public. This will all happen behind the scenes. But it brings up an extremely serious issue that's going on in baseball right now, which is for the first time in many, many years, and it really started during COVID, it got serious during the CBA negotiation, and now it is bubbling over, and it manifested itself with the Mets letting Correa go to the Twins over 40 million bucks. Owners are fighting more than ever. And when owners are fighting, that leads to a problem for the commissioner. And the commissioner doesn't want a problem. The commissioner wants 23 votes on an extension. The commissioner wants to make sure that he's controlling the owners and that they are fully supportive of him. The reason why he encourages and insists that you not talk about your fellow owners is because now if somebody said something about me, I'm going to have to respond as a team president. All of the teams are looking at the San Diego Padres and saying internally and to themselves exactly what Dick Monford said publicly. Everyone in the game thinks that Peter Seidler's out of his mind in San Diego. Their payroll is way too high. Their plan is not sustainable. AJ Preller is absolutely not worthy of being a GM. All of those things are being said. Will San Diego win the World Series? Will they even make it to the World Series? Will they win a pennant with everything they're doing? How can a market like the Padres have a payroll like they have with a market like they have? How did they announce that they're sold out of season tickets and they're taking a waiting list? How great is that? Fans are happy. Everyone's excited. But guess what? Inside the game, there is knowledge that it is not sustainable. And when something's not sustainable, that means it will disappear. That means that what San Diego is doing with the players they have, they're going to have to get rid of many of the players. Let them go during free agency. Trade them. Cut their payroll. Because the math doesn't add up even with a sold-out stadium. No matter what ticket prices you are charging, you cannot make money in San Diego with the payroll that San Diego has. Now, Peter Seiler is willing to lose money, and Dick Monfort may not be willing to lose money. But does that mean that Dick Monfort needs to be protecting himself and saying public things like this? I totally agree that he should be thinking it, not saying it. But do it all internally. You can call a commissioner and complain about Peter Seiler all you want. You can say that what the Padres is doing is hurting us. We're in the division. We have no shot. We, we have a payroll of $150 million. We're in last place for sure before it even starts. The Diamondbacks are better for sure. The Padres, the Dodgers, even the Dodgers may not even be favored to win the division. So what you do when you are a team where you are consigned to last place and you don't have a player on the cover of the show, where you know that you're competing against payrolls that will top you every single year, here's the way to do it. Be the Rays. Get the best front office you can and listen to your front office. Don't make baseball decisions on your own. Let the baseball people make the baseball decisions. Get sustained winning and success by doing it right. You can try to buy yourself a World Series, but I've never seen it work. The Padres are trying to do just that. And Dick Monfort would have been 
better suited by saying nothing because we're in February starting tomorrow. That means we are only nine months away from crowning a new World Series champion. Nine months. That's it. Eight months. End of October, but it's really nine months. So we are going to find out whether it worked or it didn't work. And then the fans will say it for you. The media will say it for you. And you will get the last laugh. Then you go to the next owner's meeting. You look right in Peter's eyes at dinner as you're sitting at different tables. And you say, it's just business. This is nothing personal. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.